With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Giving honor to God and all the saints. Thanking God for the privilege of prayer. Thanking God to be able to come together and give God all the praise and all the honor. Thanking God for bringing us through another week. He didn't have to do it, but he did. So, God, we thank you, Heavenly Father. We praise your holy name, God. We thank you, God, for every blockage you put in place against the works of the enemy. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for all you've done, all you're going to do. We thank you, Lord, to bless this this Bible study, this prayer session, this prayer warriors needed session, to let it touch the hearts of someone, whether it's a participant, downloader, or a listener right in here, Lord. Do you have your way, Lord? Use each and every one of us. God, we ask you as we approach a new week to cover each and every one of us with the blood of Jesus. Bless our bloodlines, our children, our children's children, our nieces, our nephews, Heavenly Father. God, we thank you for Pastor Ben. We thank you for his message earlier on forgiveness. Heavenly Father, give us the grace to forgive those who have hurt us, who have um, harmed us. God, not only do we ask you for the spirit of forgiveness, but give them a spirit of repentance, Heavenly Father. Let the Holy Spirit touch their souls, particularly the demons in charge of the targeted individual program. We come against every demon running that program. We come against every demon that's allowing the program to run. We bind up the secrecy curse that comes with it. God, we thank you for divine intervention that you're now letting these, these types of injustices uh, induced oppression, covert assassination programming, eugenics, Heavenly Father, this uh, enfranchised criminal justice system, just pure uh, Satanism trying to usurp authority on earth that they do not have. God, we thank you for bringing it to exposure. I ask you, Lord, to bless that brother Meeks. I came across a documentary of a brother that they really did in the whole system. And God, you gave him the finances. You gave him the entertainment uh, audience that can come aware of just gross, gross injustices that are happening on this earth. God, we come against every single bit of these injustices, whether it's from the judiciary, whether it's from the legislative branch, whether it's from the executive branch of government, we bind it and we rebuke it. The word of God tells us the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So therefore we are entitled to rebuke demonic powers trying to usurp authority over our governing structures. We rebuke every Satanist planted in a position of governance from the executive branch to the judicial branch to the legislative branch of government. We plead the blood of Jesus on our branches of government that the word of God will rule, that the Ten Commandments, the original law of this earth will be premised from the top to the bottom of our governing structures, that every satanic 
uh, plant that has been planted in there to do the work of Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. We cannot afford to have Satanists sitting in our governing structures. We come against every demon planted to do the work of Satan in our governing structures. We plead the blood of Jesus over our governing structure. We bind and rebuke every Satanist sitting in the judicial branch, the legislative branch, and the uh, executive branch of government in the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father. This earth is yours, and we decree and declare that it will be run according to God's will, according to God's laws, and no demon possession, no demon laws from the pit of hell will come on this earth and run this earth. We bind up the spirit of induced oppression. We bind up the spirit of induced poverty. We bind up every of induced sickness, eugenics, every plot and plan of Satan that is actually uh, festering on this earth. God, we come against it and we ask you, God, to unify your people, Heavenly Father, to stop these horrific atrocities, Heavenly Father. Unify your people as well as give us, Heavenly Father, divine intervention to come against this demon spirit and that demon spirit of uh, the counterfeit money that's being used as a God on this earth that's making people do participate in these horrible things. We come against every bit of deception, deceit, counterfeit, every fraud these demons are doing. God, we're depending on you to direct our path, to guide us and lead, lead us. God, the word of God says we all fall short of the glory. Not one is perfect. Clean us all up, Lord. Lord, clean us up in the areas that you know, Heavenly Father, that we, we, we can be the men and women that you want us to be. Give us the spirit that you created us for. Give us the ability to complete the destiny you created us for. God, we give you the praise. We give you the glory. We thank you, God, for you being God. We ask you, Lord, to bless targeted individuals across the nation, give them the, the strength and the stamina to endure, Heavenly Father, to make it through the storms that have been placed in front of them. The Twilight Zone, a program you cannot understand, but I thank you, God, for spiritual enlightenment that can give us a hope, that can give us a plan to work around the plot of this devil. I bind up the spirit of depression, I bind up the spirit of induced sickness. I bind up every single thing that comes with this sick program. I bind up the spirit of induced poverty and oppression, Lord. Give each and every person, Lord, that's praying to you, God, the direction they need to go to make great changes on this earth, Heavenly Father. God, we give you the praise. We give you the glory. We ask you, Lord, to bless this Bible study, bless this lesson, this reading. Let us leave here, Lord, with information and knowledge we did not have previously. Open up the windows of heaven, Lord. We give you all the praise, God. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, tonight, we're looking at scripture. Amen. We're looking at scriptures for handling spiritual trial. We're looking at why is there suffering? Why is there suffering? And then what is our only safeguard? And then pray for the nation. So I'm gonna open it up um, to, for prayer. I, I know people like to pray. Um, we're, first we have Pastor Ben, we're gonna ask him to bless us with prayer.
And then we're going to move into you, Ann, Nancy, uh, Sandy, if you're here, Arlene, if you're here, anybody that wants to pray, you're welcome to pray. Uh, Pastor Ben, can you um, give us, bless us with your prayers, please? Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, most excellent Father, eternal rock, our shield, our fortress, our hiding place, our strong tower, our city of refuge. We thank you for whom you are. You are the almighty God. We worship you. We magnify your name that is none to be compared with you. You are glorious. You are marvelous. You are special. You are truthful. You are awesome. God, some God. You've been our father, our daddy. We adore you. We worship you. We magnify your name for your grace to sustain us. Thank you for being there for us. You never leave us. You never forsake us. You've been our shield. We give you praise. We give you glory. And Father of glory, I leave this prayer point, prayer line to the throne of grace that your name alone be glorified, that every power of darkness, every evil forces assigned against this brethren be destroyed. Jesus Christ, manifest your power. Show yourself stronger, that your name be exalted. Every power of darkness attacking or falling anyone, even to this program, such powers be destroyed in the name of Jesus. Almighty God, even any power of darkness are sent to use our family members against us. They are destroyed in the name of Jesus. We declare the Lordship of Jesus Christ over this program. Glorify your name. Open our eyes of understanding that we may know who we are, whom you have called us to be, and to take position of, of where you want us to be, to put the devil under, under our feet, that your name alone be glorified. Father, glory will declare thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Father, move mightily that we will be able to fulfill our destiny. Hold our hands. Take us to where no one can pull us down. We give all the praise. We charge even this our prayer line with the blood of Jesus Christ. We declare every weapon fashioned against even this problem will not prosper. Jesus Christ, have your way. Manifest your power that at the end of the day, will have cause to glorify your name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. 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 Thank you. Amen. 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 All right. Um, I can't see who's here. Who's here? All right. Anne, would you like to pray? Yes. Go ahead, darling. Father God. Father God in heaven, in Jesus Christ's name I pray. Father, thank you so much for bringing us together again with my prayer warrior sisters. Father, you give us the strength. You give us all that was needed for that we continue to send our praises to you as you send down blessings to us. We're so thankful, Father, that you give us another opportunity to prove to you how much we do love you, Father. We love you with all of our hearts, our minds, and our souls, Father. In Jesus' name, forever and ever. Amen. 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 Nancy, you want to pray? Okay. Um, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you so much just for the opportunity to come together in the group, Lord, just to pray and to remember thy goodness, thy greatness, thy sovereignty, Lord. We, we're so grateful, Father, just for the opportunity to to just be to be of one Lord, to be of one heart, Father. Just just listen, Father, and just being being um reminded, Lord, and of of 
uh, that you sit high and look low, Lord, that you have the king's heart in your hand, Father, and that you are all-powerful. So right now, I just ask for forgiveness of our sins, Lord, and, and thank you that you're such a loving God, Father, that you forgive us, Lord, and that we we earnestly make uh, an effort, Father, to draw close to thee, Father, and just to 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 walk in thy way, Lord, in thy path, Father, just always making an effort, Father, just to uh, attempt to be more like you, Father, and just to and and just to Father show show kindness and love, Lord. We know that we're here on this earth, Lord, just to to magnify you, Father, to bring glory to you, Father, just to share share the gospel, Father, with with everyone about you, Lord. We just pray right now for uh, the oppression that we're under, Father. We we thank you for vindication by faith, Lord. We just thank you, Lord God, that we will all be vindicated, Father, and. And I just pray and ask you, God, to uh, to give us a double measure, Lord, of the Holy Ghost, Father, so that we can we can see the enemy, Lord God. We can see him coming, Father. That we know him, Lord. We know him by their posture, and that we'll know them, Father, even by their uh, even before they open their mouths, Lord. The, the Spirit of God will let us know who they are, and we thank you, Lord, that we'll be equipped and we'll be ready with a word, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, thank you, Lord God, that we'll be be equipped and we'll be ready and be prepared, Father, so that we may be able to stand in the day, Lord. And every day is 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 uh, um, is just filled, Lord, with 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 so many so much darkness, Lord, but. We look to thee, Lord, and, and thank you, Lord, that thou art light, and thy word is light, and Jesus is light, and Father, we we know, and we just thank you just for the opportunity to gather together, Lord, and to recognize that light, Lord, and, and know that you hear us, Lord. We love you so much, Father. We just thank you again for just for the opportunity to come together and pray. And I say this in the name of thy son, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thank you. Yeah. Amen. I don't have access to the board. Arlene, are you here? Okay. Sandy, are you here? Okay. Anyone here that wants to pray? Okay. All right. We're going to move right into handling spiritual trials. God comforts when we learn how to handle spiritual trials. Our scriptures for the evening, Second Peter. 3, 8, 9. Beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Psalm 55, 22, cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. James 1, 12, blessed is the man who endures temptation for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural 
face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Amen. Job 23.10. But he knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot has held fast to his steps. I have kept his way and not turned aside. Psalms 43, 5. Why are you cast down on my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? I hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my continence in my God. First Peter 4, 12. We're looking at scriptures to help us handle spiritual trials. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. Wow. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's suffering, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. 1 Peter 4.12. Deuteronomy 30.16 tells us, we're looking at handling spiritual trials. I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments. Hear me, O God. Oh, Psalm 69, with handling spiritual trials. Psalm 69, 16, 18. Hear me, O Lord, for your loving kindness is good. Turn to me according to the multitude of your tender mercies, and do not hide your face from your servant. For I am in trouble. Hear me speedily. Draw me, draw near to my soul and redeem it. Deliver me, God because of these enemies psalm 69 16 18. in proverbs 28 13 gives us strength in handling spiritual trials he who covers his sins will not prosper but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy proverbs 28 13. and psalms 119 2 blessed are those who keeps his testimonies who seek god with their whole heart and finally, James 1.22, our last scripture on handling spiritual trials. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. All right, we thank God for his word that helps us handle spiritual trials. Um, I want to focus for the, just this one really beloved. Do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice to the extent that you partake in Christ's suffering, that when his glory is revealed, that you too will be glad with exceeding joy. So sometimes these fiery trials, we just wonder what, what, what's going on here. And just know that in God's time, it will be revealed. I want to take a look tonight at why is there suffering? I don't know about anybody else, but I, I have questions. When I don't have, you know, I, when, when there are things that are just not making sense, yeah, I got questions. I mean, um, uh, it is what it is. And um, 
I like to, when I have questions, I like to get the biblical explanation to help me understand. So I'm reading from The Great Hope, a revealing book at the battle between good and evil and who wins. Um, this is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, this is Ellen White, one of her, uh, this is an adaptation. Yeah, E.G. White. Uh, adapted from the great controversy. Why is there suffering? Many see the work of evil with its pain and loss and question how this can exist under the rulership of one who is infinite in wisdom, power, and love. In other words, people wonder like me, how could all this evil be on this earth when we serve a mighty God who is infinite in wisdom, power, and love. Those who are inclined to doubt take this as an excuse for rejecting the words of the Bible. Tradition and wrong interpretations have clouded the Bible's teaching about God's character, the nature of his government, and the principles of how he deals with sin. It is impossible to explain the origin of sin in a way that gives a reason for its existence. Yet we can understand enough about sin's beginning and final end to show clearly God's justice and goodness. In no way was God responsible for sin. He did not remove his divine grace, nor was there anything lacking in the divine government that provided a cause for the rebellion. Sin is an intruder for whose presence no one can give a reason. To excuse it is to defend it. If we could find an excuse for it, it would no longer be sin. Sin is the expression of a principle that it is at war with the law of love, which is the foundation of God's government. Before sin began, there was peace and joy everywhere in the universe. Love for God was supreme, love for one another, unselfish. Christ, the only begotten of God, was the one with the eternal Father in nature, in character, and in purpose. The only being who could enter into all the counsels and plans of God. By him all things were created that are in heaven, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, Colossians 1.16. Since the law of love is the foundation of God's government, the happiness of all created beings depended on their willing harmony, meaning their willingness to work together. To harmony with its principles of righteousness. God takes no pleasure in forced allegiance and he grants everyone freedom of will so that they can choose to serve him voluntarily. But one of God's created beings chose to misuse this freedom. Sin originated with an angel who next to Christ had been the being God honored the most. Before his fall, Lucifer was chief of the covering cherubs, holy and pure. Thus says the Lord God, you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God, garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. 
You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. Walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. Ezekiel 28, 12, 17. You have set your heart at the heart of a God. You have said, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Isaiah 14, 13, 14. So this is explaining that a lot to do with why is there suffering? We have to understand how sin got on this earth and um, this angel that decided to rebel against God was the beginning of sin. Coveting the honor, envying the honor that the father had given his son, this prince of angels wanted the power that was Christ alone to use. A note of discord now marred heaven's harmony. Seeing someone exalt himself gave the other angels who held God's glory as supreme a strange dread of something evil. The heavenly councils pleaded with Lucifer. The son of God showed him the goodness and justice of the creator and the sacred nature of his law. In rejecting it, Lucifer would dishonor his maker and bring ruin on himself. But the warning only stirred his resistance. Lucifer allowed his jealousy of Christ to control him. Pride fed his desire for supremacy. The high honors of God had given Lucifer, the high honors God had given Lucifer did not make him grateful to the creator. He wanted to be equal with God, yet everyone recognized that the son of God was the ruler of heaven, one with the father in power and authority. Christ participated in all councils of God, but Lucifer was not allowed to enter into the divine plans. The mighty angel questioned, why should Christ have the supremacy? Why is he honored like this above Lucifer? That's where that spirit of envy, if you're a targeted individual, you know there's a spirit of envy that goes with this program and it's a sick demon spirit. Let me see where it comes from. Discontent among the angels. Leaving his place in God's presence, Lucifer went out to spread discontent among the angels. With mysterious secrecy, mm, that's where that secrecy curse came from. Mm. With mysterious secrecy, hiding his real purpose under an appearance of reverence for God, he tried to make the angels dissatisfied with these laws, with the laws that govern heavenly beings. He suggested that these laws were unnecessary and he held them back. Since their natures were holy, he urged that angels should follow their own will. God had dealt unfairly with him by giving him supreme honor to Christ. He claimed he was not trying to exalt himself, but was seeking to win liberty for every being in heaven so that each one could reach a higher level of existence. God was patient with Lucifer. He did not remove him from his honored position, even when he began to make false claims to the angels. 
Again and again, God offered him pardon if he would repent and submit. To convince him of his error, God made efforts that only infinite love could devise. Discontentment had never before been seen in heaven. Wow. At first, Lucifer himself did not understand the real nature of his feelings. As God showed that there was no reason for his dissatisfaction, Lucifer was convinced that the divine claims were right and that he ought to acknowledge them to all heaven. If he had done this, he would have saved himself and many angels. If he had been willing to return to God, satisfied to fill the place of God, to fill the place God had given him, God would have reinstated him to his position, but pride would not let him submit. He claimed that he did not need to repent and he fully committed himself to the great controversy against his maker. He now applied all the powers of his master's mind to deception to gain the sympathy of the angels. Satan claimed that God had judged him wrongly and had restricted his liberty. After misrepresenting Christ's words, he moved on to telling actual lies, accusing, accusing the Son of God of plotting to humiliate him before the inhabitants of heaven. All whom he could not win to his side, he accused of being indifferent to the concerns of heavenly beings. He resorted to misrepresenting the creator. He tried to perplex the angels with subtle arguments about God's plans. Everything simple, he shrouded in mystery and by clever perversion, he made the plainest statements of God appear doubtful. His high position gave greater credibility to his claims. He persuaded many to join him in rebellion. We're looking at why is there suffering? We're getting first an understanding of where evil came from from the beginning of time. There was dissatisfaction, the dissatisfaction ripens into active revolt. God, in his wisdom, allowed Satan to carry on his work until the spirit of dissent ripened into revolt. It was necessary for God to allow him to develop his plans fully so that anyone could see their true nature. Lucifer was greatly loved by the heavenly beings and in the influence over them was strong. And his influence over them was strong. God's government included the inhabitants, not only of heaven, but of all the world. He had created Satan. He had created, of, but of all the worlds he had created. Satan thought that if he could bring the angels with him in rebellion, he could also bring the other worlds. Using false reasoning and fraud, he had great power to deceive. Even the royal, even the loyal angels could not fully discern his character to see where his work was leading. Satan had been so highly honored and he had cloaked all his actions with so much mystery that it was difficult to show the angels the true nature of his work. Sin would not appear to be the evil thing it was until it was fully developed. Holy beings could not recognize what would be the results of setting aside God's law. At first, Satan claimed to be trying to promote God's honor and the good of all of heaven's inhabitants. 
In his response to sin, God could use only righteousness and truth. Satan could use what God could not, flattery and deceit. Everyone needed to understand the true character of this angel who wanted God's position. He must have time to reveal himself by his evil works. Satan blamed God for the discord that his own actions had caused. He declared that all evil was the result of God's government. So it was necessary that he demonstrate how his proposed changes in God's laws would work out. His own acts must condemn him. The whole universe must see the deceiver unmasked. Even after deciding that Satan could no longer remain in heaven, infinite wisdom did not destroy him. The loyalty of God's creatures must rest on the conviction that he is just and fair. The inhabitants of heaven and of other worlds were not prepared to understand the, conse the consequences of sin, so they could not then have seen the justice and mercy of God if he had destroyed Satan at that time. If God had blotted him out of existence immediately, they would have served God from fear rather than from love. So in other words, God could have just killed Lucifer right there and then. He wasn't trying to be a God uh, to just Amen. kill him. Amen. Who's that? It's Arlene, Miriam. Amen. All right. Good to hear. Good, good to hear you. We're looking at why is there suffering? And we were oh, looking from the beginning. That's a good one. Why is there suffering, you said? Yes, because I wanted okay. to know too. How could the infinite most wise, you know, high God allow suffering? Mm -hmm, so it's going back to, you know, the origin of the of, of origination of sin through Lucifer. Mm -hmm. If God had wanted him out of existence immediately, they would have served God. All right, so if God killed Lucifer, they would people the angels would have served God in fear rather than love. God didn't want that. Mm -hmm. God would not have destroyed the deceiver's influence nor wiped out the spirit of rebellion. For the God of the universe through eternal ages, Satan must develop his principles more fully. What happened? Okay, maybe that phone got a lot of. Okay. I don't know. It's been mine. All right, thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If okay. we just mute it till we get the question. Yeah, okay. 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 We'll do. Okay. All right. I'm gonna thank you, though. All right. Satan's rebellion was to be a testimony to the universe about the terrible results of sin. His rule would show the fruit of setting aside God's authority. The history of this terrible experiment of rebellion would be a safeguard forever to all holy beings to save them from sin and its punishment. When the announcement came that the great usurper must be expelled from heaven with all his sympathizers, the rebel leader, boldly swore his contempt for the creator's law. He's law. He denounced the divine statutes as restriction of liberty and declared his intention to abolish all law. Mm. Freed from this restraint, he claimed the inhabitation of heaven could achieve a higher state of existence. He was banished from heaven. 
Satan and his followers threw the blame for their rebellion on Christ. They declared that if they had not been rebuked, they would never have rebelled. Stubborn and defiant, yet blasphemous, claiming to be innocent victims of oppressive power, the chief rebel and his sympathizers were banished from heaven. See Revelations 12, 7, 9. Satan's spirit still inspires rebellion on earth in unrepentant people. Like him, they promise liberty through violating God's laws. Mm -hmm. Condemning sin still stirs up hatred. Satan leads people to justify themselves and to try to get the sympathy of others in their sin. Instead of correcting their errors, they spread resentment the one who points out their sin as if the individual were the cause of the difficulty. Satan persuaded Adam and Eve to sin by using the same misrepresentation of God's character as he had practiced in heaven. He made them think that God was severe and tyrannical. Then he claimed that God's unjust restrictions had led to our first parents' fall as they had led to his own rebellion. In banishing Satan from heaven, God declared his justice and honor. But when humanity sinned, God gave evidence of his love by offering up his son to die for the fallen race. The atonement, we see the character of God revealed. The mighty argument of the cross demonstrates that sin was in no way the fault of God's government. During the Savior's earthly ministry, the great deceiver's character was unmasked. The daring blasphemy of his demand that Christ worship him, the unsleeping evil intent that hunted Jesus from place to place, inspiring the hearts of priests and people to reject his love and to cry, crucify him, crucify him. All this drew the amazement and indignation of the universe. The prince of evil exerted all his power and crafty skills. Satan used human beings as his agents to fill the savior's life with suffering. And on Calvary, the pent up fires of envy and spite, hatred and revenge burst out against the son of God. Now Satan's guilt stood out plainly without excuse. He had revealed his true characters, character. Satan's lying charges against God's character appeared as they truly were. He had accused God of seeking to exalt himself by requiring obedience from his creatures. He had declared that while the creator demanded self-denial from all others, he himself practiced no self-denial and made no sacrifice. Now it was clear that the ruler of the universe had made the greatest sacrifice that love could make for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, 2 Corinthians 5.19. In order to destroy sin, Christ had humbled himself and become obedient to the point of death. In argument in our behalf, all heaven saw God's justice revealed. 
Lucifer had claimed that the sinful race was, was beyond redemption, but the penalty of the law fell on him who was equal with God. Sinners were now free to accept the righteousness of Christ and by repentance and humility triumph over Satan's power. But Christ did not come to earth to die just so that he could redeem humanity. He came to demonstrate to all the world that God's law is unchangeable. The death of Christ proves that the law is permanent and demonstrates that justice and mercy are the foundation of God's government. In the final judgment, it will be clear that no cause for sin exists. When the judge of all the earth demands of Satan, why have you rebelled against me? The originator of evil will have no excuse to offer. The Savior's dying cry, it is finished. It rang the death knell for Satan. The longstanding great controversy was then decided. The final eradication of evil made certain. When the day comes, burning like nothing, all the proud, yes, all who do wicked will be stubble, and the day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, that will leave them neither root nor branch, Malachi 4.1. Evil will never arise again. The law of God will be honored as the law of liberty. As tested, a tested and proven creation, a tested and proved creation will never again turn from loyalty to him who has demonstrated that his character is fathomless love and infinite wisdom. An argument on our behalf. Okay, so yeah, so why is there suffering? We have suffering because that great demon was thrown out of heaven and he chose to rebel. We have redemption because God sent his son to counteract to counteract uh, the works of Satan on this earth. Um, yeah, that, that, that's our chapter here. And why is there suffering? Um, any questions? Come on, Arlene, you always got questions. Nancy, you always got questions. Questions? Well, okay. I, you know, I, and it's a good topic, too. I, I came on late, and I, I'm hearing where you're coming from. There's beautiful uh, uh, scriptures that you read, Miriam. I really appreciate that. I was listening to the news tonight, and I have to really say it is so sad to see what's going on with these young people, especially with these young men now starting this new thing, stabbing women. This has been going on all week. They just had another one tonight on the news. And I'm saying to myself, dear God, I'm on the prayer line every night of the week. I'm sacrificing, you know what I'm saying, Miriam, fasting, reading scriptures. We listen to Pastor Benjamin, and it's a beautiful, y'all's prayer line. It's, it's just a privilege to be a part of this. And when you see how great it is, you know, with the prayer line and everything, and fasting and, and scripture and doing everything, and then you step out there and you see that, Miriam, it really makes you wonder what is going on. Is it the government? Are these kids, these young people just off the heezies? I, I'm telling you, I really don't know who to trust. I don't understand it. 
innocent well, people losing their lives like this? Yeah, this is hard. That is it's, hard. A, it's, it's scary to go out by yourself now. Well, you you know what Pastor Ben would say. Make sure you pray. I know. Make sure you, you fast and pray because um, that devil is out here like a lion roaring people whom he can devour. Now, this other chapter, and I don't usually read this much, but I do want to read this since you brought that up. It's okay. called Our Only Safeguard. Good, it's only four pages. Our Only Safeguard. Let's take a look. This is where, how do we deal with all this evil? All right, our only safeguard. God points his followers to the Bible as their safeguard against the deceptive power of evil spirits. Satan uses every possible way to prevent people from gaining a knowledge of the Bible. At every revival of God's work, his activity becomes more intense. We will soon see a final struggle against Christ and his followers begin. We see in it. The counterfeit will resemble the truth so closely that it would be impossible to tell the difference between them except by the scriptures. Those who try to obey all of God's commandments will be opposed and mocked. To endure the trial, they must understand the will of God as revealed in his book. They can honor, they can honor Somebody's phone. Somebody's phone. Can you mute? Can you mute the phone, please? Can you mute the phone, please? All right. Thank you. All right. Only those who have four. Uh, all right. Because his crucifixion, the Savior explained to his disciples that he was going to be killed, and he would rise again. Angels were there to impress his words on their minds and hearts, but they forgot the very words they needed to remember. When the trouble came, the death of Jesus destroyed their hopes as completely as if he had not warned them before. Similarly, the prophecies opened the future before us as clearly as Christ opened it to the disciples. But most people have no more understanding of these important truths than if God had never revealed them. When God sends warnings, he requires every sound-minded person to obey the message. The fearful judgments against worshiping the beast and his image in Revelation 14, 9, 11 should lead everybody, should lead everybody to learn what the mark of the beast is and how to avoid receiving it. But the great majority of people do not want Bible truth because it goes against the desires of the sinful heart. Satan supplies them with the deceptions they love. But God will have a people who hold the Bible and the Bible only as the standard of all doctrines and the basis of all reforms. The opinions of educated men, the conclusions of science, the decisions of church councils, the voice of the majority, not one nor all of these should we take as evidence for or against any doctrine. We should demand a plain, thus saith the Lord. Satan leads the people to look to pastors, to professors of theology, 
as their guide instead of searching the scriptures for themselves. By controlling these leaders, he can influence most people. When Christ came, the common people heard him gladly, but the chief priests and the nation's leaders wrapped themselves in prejudice, rejecting the evidence that he was the Messiah. How is it, the people asked, <clears throat> that our rulers and enlightened scribes do not believe on Jesus? Teachers like this led the Jewish nation to reject their redeemer, exalting human authority. Christ foresaw that people would exalt human authority to rule over the conscience. In all ages, this has been a terrible curse. As an appeal to future generations, the Bible recorded his warnings not to follow blind leaders. The Roman church teaches that only her clergy have the right to interpret the scriptures. Through the Reformation, gave this, though the Reformation gave the scriptures to everyone, yet the same principle that Rome held prevents multitudes in Protestant churches from searching the Bible for themselves. They are taught to accept its teachings as interpreted by the church. Thousands do not dare to accept anything, no matter how plain it is in scripture that is contrary to their creed. Many are ready to commit their eternal destiny to the clergy. They pay almost no attention to the teachings, to the biblical teachings. But are ministers infallible? How can we trust them to guide us unless we know from God's word that they are light bearers? A lack of moral courage leads many to follow educated people and they become hopelessly attached to error. They see the truth for this time in the Bible and feel the power of the Holy Spirit accompany the giving of it, yet they allow the clergy to turn them from the light. Satan keeps many of his followers by attaching them with silken cords of affection to those who are enemies of the cross of Christ. This attachment may be to parents, brothers or sisters, husband or wife or friends. Under their influence, many people do not have the courage to obey their convictions of what is right. Many claim that it makes no difference what one believes if, if that person lives the right life, but the life is molded by the faith. If truth is within reach and we neglect it, we are really rejecting it, choosing darkness rather than light. Ignorance is no excuse for error or sin when we have every opportunity to know the will of God. A man who is traveling comes to a place where there are several roads and a signpost telling where each one leads. If he ignores the sign and takes whatever road seems to be right, he may be sincere, but he is likely to find himself on the wrong road. The first and highest duty. It is not enough to have good intentions to do what we think is right or what the minister tells us is right. We should search the scriptures for ourselves. We have a map pointing out every key point on the journey to heaven, and we should not guess at anything. It is the first and highest duty of every rational person to learn from the scriptures what is truth 
then to walk in the light and encourage others to do the same. In our study, with God's help, we are to form our opinions for ourselves since we are to answer for ourselves before God. Well, we're basically saying our only safeguard is to be, read your Bible, understand it, and make your decisions according to the Bible. Okay. Educated? Comment? Okay. Educated people with the show of great wisdom, they teach teach that the scriptures have a secret spiritual meaning that is not easily seen in the language used. Those are false teachers. We should explain the language of the Bible by its obvious meaning unless it uses a symbol or figure. If people would only take the Bible as it reads, it would accomplish a work that would bring thousands into the fold of Christ who now are wandering in error. Many a scripture which scholars ignore as important is full of comfort to those who have been learning in the school of Christ. To understand Bible truth, we do not so much need the power of intellect for the search. Rather, we need a thirst for Bible truth more than anything else and an earnest longing for righteousness. The results of neglecting prayer and Bible study. We should never study the Bible without prayer. Only the Holy Spirit can cause us to feel the importance of things we understand easily or prevent us from twisting difficult truth. Heavenly angels prepare the heart to comprehend God's words. We will be charmed with its beauty and strengthened by its promises. Temptations often seem irresistible because the tempted one cannot quickly remember God's promises and oppose Satan with the scripture weapons. But angels are close to those willing to be taught and they will bring to their memory the truth they need. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you, John 14, 26. But we must first store the teachings of Christ in the mind in order for the spirit of God to bring them to our remembrance in the time of danger. The destiny of all people on earth is about to be decided. Every follower of Christ should ask earnestly, Lord, what do you want me to do? Acts 9, 6. We should now seek a deep and living experience in the things of God. We have no time to lose. We are on Satan's territory. Sentinels of God, don't be caught sleeping. Many congratulate themselves for the wrong acts that they do not commit, but it is not enough for them to be trees in the garden of God. They are to bear fruit. In the books of heaven, they are registered as those who use up the ground. Yet God's heart of long-suffering love still pleads with those who have despised his mercy and abused his grace. In the summer, there is no noticeable difference between evergreens and other trees. But when the storms of winter come, the evergreens remain unchanged while other trees lose their leaves. 
if opposition arises, intolerance again prevails and persecution is kindled. The half-hearted and hypocritical will give up the faith, but the true Christians will stand firm, their faith stronger, their hope brighter than in times of prosperity. He shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and it will not fear when the heat comes. But its leaves will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. Jeremiah 17, 8. Our only safeguard, reading the Bible and praying. Prayer and Bible study. And that's the reading for the for tonight. Um, Nancy, uh, Arlene, questions. Pastor, Pastor, can you summarize? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Now I can. Okay. I was just, uh, and I'm sorry not to talk to Pastor or anything, but um, just thinking about the statement that the sister made earlier. Um, do you mind, Miriam, do you mind reading, um, like, Matthew 24? Where it talks about um, the second coming, and it talks about, how um you know the love of man will wax cold and and um you know and and when we're living in these days that uh you know that that about wars and rumors of wars and these are the things that um that are foretold and prophesied about so that's why uh I think it's you know I guess relevant that we sort of talk a little or maybe read those scriptures a little bit well, why yes, can you can you read them, um, Nancy? I'm I'm. Can you read them, darling? Well, I can read. Okay, hang on, hang on. Um, let's see here. Uh, let's see. One second. Uh, do. One One moment. Can you hear me? Yes, very well. No problem. Okay. Um, all right. So just talk a little bit about this, um, uh, the second coming of Jesus Christ. It says that... Um, oh, one moment. Where am I? Okay. So it says what are some what are some different no what are some different judgments that come before the final judgment? And it says how do all these judgments relate to one another? Well I'm
Mm, it's a little chilly in here. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I was trying to. Well, let me let me let you look for that. Take take a minute. Let me just go over um, what we okay. did. Tonight. We looked at why is there suffering, and what what we saw that the causes of suffering was you know sin. Sinful people cause suffering. You know, sin, lying, anger, drugs, crime, and and then um, Arlene mentioned. You know, now you know this is what causes suffering. It's not God gave us free will. Um, if he was to come from heaven and you know just okay, you're doing stuff I don't like, you know, and take it away, it's there would no longer be free will. Uh, sin causes suffering indirectly because of sin. This earth is corrupted, deteriorating, painful, and evil. It's you know, God gives us free will. He's I can never blame God. You know, people choose to do evil. Mm -hmm. God is not the cause of suffering. He is the author of good. And that's even in James 1.13. However, sometimes I do believe a good God will allow evil on behalf of humanity. You know, that's sometimes the only way humanity can can grow. I mean, why why, you know, we don't know to this day. Why, why was you know slavery ever here? I think slavery was here to teach people how wrong it was, you know, how to appreciate each other and to show people um, the devastating effects of it, you know. Um, why do we have a TI program? You know, I think it's ultimately for humanity so that now man can develop mechanisms and methods to make sure that no entity on this earth is under the false phenomenon of above the law um where we will put um the uh, we will put uh uh protective walls up that will not allow another human being to kill another human being without penalty i mean there, there's got to be a reason for this you know, something has to be done about hospitals killing innocent people. Those people are not getting prosecuted. So how many people have to die to bring this to the appropriate attention that it has to be at? You know, only God can answer that. But sometimes I believe God will allow evil uh, for the benefit of, of humanity. And that that's the only way I could see these type of horrendous programs even existing. You know, to wake up, man, you know, that, you know, that we have to get back to God's law, number one. Okay. Um, you ready, Nancy? Um, Miriam, I, I can't really read it because they keep cutting off my phone, you know, um, or let me just say my phone just keeps going dead, but it's Matthew 24. And um, it just it just keeps, if, if somebody else can read it, it'd be better because it just, my phone just keeps, Getting cut off, Mary. I keep calling. Arlene, can you read Matthew 24? Sure, hold on. All right, and I'm just going to finish up. So, we looked at um, why is there suffering? So, we said God is not the cause of suffering, He's the author of good. Some people, uh, uh, God, God has made everything, and um, got it. 
Okay, God is the author of everything in the created universe. Evil is not a thing or substance. It is, uh, it is blindness. It is a lack of sight. It's pain. It is a lack of health. It's hate. Uh, it's a lack of love. Therefore, God did not create evil. God is love. Why doesn't God end all evil immediately? To end evil, God would have to destroy the cause of evil, which is people. In his good plan for people, it is therefore not good to end all evil immediately. Why doesn't God make people unable to cause suffering? To do that, God would have to take away our ability to choose. Choice, free will, is a good thing. In order to love, you must be able to choose to love. Forced love is not love. So to have a universe that included love, God had to make us with a choice, which includes the choice not to love. And that makes sin, evil, pain, and suffering possible because of man's free will. Why does God allow the uh, disasters and disease? It's part of a sinful world. God lowered the perfection of creation from the perfect garden of Eden to match the spiritual state of those who live here. God graciously has sustained people on this earth, allowing them to reproduce, to develop governments and systems to deal with the effects of sin. He has graciously sustained the fallen creation, providing sun and rain for food. But the natural effect of a fallen creation is that even good things can have evil byproducts. Water can drown someone, gravity can kill someone, lightning can burn and kill. Why doesn't God stop evil acts that cause innocent people to suffer? Why doesn't God miraculously intervene to stop evil acts if he is all loving and all powerful? Why doesn't he catch the drunk driver's car that is going to crash into a bus? Why doesn't he deflect the murderer's bullets? The person asking doesn't actually want God to stop all their evil acts. They don't want to be invisibly gagged every time they're about to say something hurtful. They don't want to stub their toe when they try to kick the dog. They just think it would be good if God stopped certain evil acts or just the evil acts of others. But that would make life impossible. There would be no freedoms, no regularity, and no personal responsibility. Why doesn't God let us choose to get out of this suffering? The answer is that he does. That is the gracious, loving response of God to the evil condition of this sinful world. God has provided for personal salvation, the promise of eternal life in heavens where there's no suffering, Revelations 21.4. One must simply put his trust in the payment for sin. God provided through Christ's death on the cross, John 3.16. God has provided for the earth's redemption, Romans 8.18. Why can't we get out of this evil world of suffering immediately? We don't know why God's timetable, we don't know what God's timetable is. We can see why he, he couldn't deliver Adam and Eve immediately. God first had to provide redemption through Christ. The world continues today in part because there are more people yet that will come to have eternal salvation. We do not 
we do know that God is causing all things to work together for good to those who love God. What are some good reasons for suffering? It enables us to cope in a sinful world. Pain can keep us from a greater physical evil. A burnt finger warns us to avoid worse danger. Pain can keep us from greater moral evil as spanking does that. It teaches us to turn to God for solution, for eternal deliverance from evil, for temporal deliverance from evil, for spiritual strength to endure suffering. It produces character improvement, holiness, maturity, which in turn produces eternal rewards, which is James 1.12. Um, the reasons for suffering. Sometimes suffering uh, produces character improvement, holiness, maturity. It forces us to grow up sometimes. Um, it gives God the opportunity to show his grace, love, and care for our sinful condition. Through Christ's life and death for our sake, through providing a place uh, where there is no more suffering, credit for many of the ideas. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I just wanted to go over why is there suffering? And it boils down to uh, sin because of sin and because of man and man has free will and um, God is not going to take away that free will. Okay. Why don't you read those scriptures? Are you talking, you talking to me, Miriam? No, Arlene was going to read them. Okay. Uh, you, you want me to read all of 24 or the specific scriptures that you want within chapter 24? Specific verses? Nancy, which verses? Well, I about the second thing. And I don't know if it was Arlene that made the statement about the kids who are killing people and so forth, but these are yeah. things that um, is foretold and prophesied about in the Bible, that these are the signs of the second coming, mm-hmm. you know, and um, just starting, I guess, like at verse one, you can just start reading down whatever you think, you know, starting at, at verse one, Okay. and uh, whatever you think is relevant, you know, just read a, a few down if you don't mind. Um, yeah. Mary, you can hear me okay, right? Yes. The reading of the word and the meditation of my heart be holy and acceptable in thy sight, O great God, Jehovah. Okay. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came to him for to show him the building of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be torn down, thrown down. Uh, verse 3 says, and as he sat upon the mount, uh, I'm sorry, as he sat upon the mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately saying, tell us when shall these things be and what shall be the sign of the coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye not be troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. 
For nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse and diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and, and shall kill you and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Now, I think, you know, uh, Miriam and Nancy, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's pretty much um, just a little bit that I saw, and I have trouble with my sight, so, you know, it's kind of hard for me to see sometimes. But just a little bit that I've just read just now, I, I think my view, well, I shouldn't say my view, but, um, I concur with what you were reading earlier, that these things have to take place in order for God to rid the world of sin. I've learned since I've been on the prayer line with you guys how beautiful it is to surrender one's will to the will of God just by fasting, praying, and reading the scriptures and being amongst people who are striving to really get to know God and to try to do his word. You know, I think that the world could change if everybody had the same intestinal fortitude that we are taking at 10 after 1 in the morning. We're not gossiping. We're not joking. We're not, you know, creating problems for anybody else. We're sitting here talking about the word of God and what it says. So I think that it is true that I understand that God gave man free will, I remember one time when I was at York College, a professor told us that mankind was inherently evil. And I had challenged her on that at the time I was 19 years old. And I challenged her on that because I didn't think it was cool. But as I look back on it now and hearing what the scriptures are saying, I think that, you know, mankind is inherently evil. And in terms of God allowing us to have the free will to... um, to, to to do it's good in one sense that he is a merciful God and that he allows it but at the same time I'm a parent when my son messes up I'm going to check him and let him know that's not cool okay um I just sometimes have a little bit of problems with that aspect of it but I think that when it all boils down we're all going to have to surrender our will to the will of God and give him the glory and the edification of him being the God of us. So I guess these things do have to kind of take place. I don't like it. I think it's very sad that a young woman, 18 years old, was stabbed to death, and last month the same girl's cousin, 14-year-old boy, was shot by a stray bullet. So... That that's how I I guess you know maybe this this uh, all this crime and stuff that's going on right now, you know, has to take place. But it's sad 
It's very sad, man. Very difficult to digest, too. And now, why do you feel it has to take place? Well, I think that, again, I believe that God, because of the fact, as they said, he gave man the free will to decide what was right and wrong. He doesn't want to make man a robot. I personally think we need to be supervised by God because man has proven through racism, through wars, famine, disease, that man cannot do it. So I think that God is allowing this to happen so that man will have to turn around to him and surrender his will and bear witness that there is no God but him and that we cannot do it on our own. Right. I could definitely agree with that. Something has to be done to make people recognize that you know, we definitely have to follow the laws of God. Mm-hmm. Pastor? Hello? Yes, can you give us um, your perspective about why evil is on this earth or why God allows suffering? Miriam? Yes. I'm not pastor. It's done. Oh. I can't get through online. Oh, thank goodness you're here. No, they messed up my window. I don't know who's here. I can't. Yeah. I can't. It probably says one person. It just said it, they got it looking like it's just me in the room. Is that how it looks? No, it's not even letting me in. It's saying cool, cool support. Huh? It's saying cool support. Well, how'd you get in? I'm calling internationally from my mobile. Oh, my goodness. Well, did you get to hear? Can you give us your comments real quick? I don't want to blow up your phone, Bill. Um, um, I, did, you... I didn't get to hear anything. Oh, you didn't hear anything? No, I was pressing. I tried to press play. I could hear a little bit of the studio. The studio but I was busy trying to get in. So they blocked you basically from, from coming in on the computer? Yeah, on my phone, on my phone, but like through the computer. Yeah, basically the computer entry. Yeah. Oh man, yeah they did. I can't, I can't, I can't even see who's in the room. But we're talking That's tonight. Mental. Yeah, I know. We're talking tonight about why God allows evil. I want to get the pastor's um perspective real quick. Pastor Ben, are you okay. here? Yes, I'm here. Can you give us a little, your perspective, why God allows evil? Well, like you said, uh, God gave us a will, and God will not uh, overrule our will. But being God, uh, he expects us to submit our will to him. But uh, there are some activities going on perpetrated by the evil, by the power of darkness. Yeah, and that, that's why God wants us to submit ourselves to him so that uh, those powers will not be able, Bible says, will wrestle not against flesh and blood. Too many times we look at flesh and blood. 
but we wrestle against principalities and powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. These, these are powers that is you know, uh, causing problems, uh, using uh, flesh and blood to attack each other. You can hear some, uh, some people saying, well, they had voices speaking to them to do certain things or the other. I, some people say, well, uh, uh, they had I mean, voice to kill themselves or to kill somebody or to, to do some evil. And God will not force his own will since man disobeyed God in the Garden of Eden. And then uh, God uh, never wanted to force man to do his will. But and even uh, God, God destroyed uh, the time of Noah. God destroyed the world. And God made up his mind never to do that. I mean, not to destroy the world with flood. Yeah, and, and as a result, you, you, people now doing whatever they want to do. They want to, they want to do... Uh, they want to go out when they want to go out. They don't even want to obey God. No respect for God. Even in the church, no regard for God, no respect for God. And then uh, people are not taught how to uh, obey God, how to have reference for God. And you, you see people just uh, with nonchalant attitude and behaving anyhow. And God giving instruction, people not carrying it out. Even simply, God said that Jesus Christ even told disciples, you cannot uh, drive out the demons without fasting and prayer. People don't even want to fast. They don't want to pray. They don't have time. They are too busy to, to pray and to fast. And, and so the problem is not God. The problem is man. God even said he repented that he created man. And because the, the, the thoughts of man, they are wicked. Yeah, and, and so uh, it, it's, it's man that, that is messing up what God has created. And that, that is why we need to be conscious, particularly this time around, we, we, we are more or less at the end time because Jesus is coming very soon. That's why one has to uh, be conscious daily, you know, checking, checking yourself, uh, checking ourselves daily, Am I, am I okay if Jesus comes today? Will, will I go with him? That, that would be, uh, uh, we need to be checking ourselves every day, examining ourselves every day. Yeah, if Jesus happens to come and we make it, yeah. So uh, uh, to, get, to get rid of evil, well, uh, Man, man has to start uh, obeying God, do what God wants you to do. Jesus Christ said, uh, anyone that keeps his commandments, love him. We say we love Jesus, and he tells us to do something, and we want, we want to do our own thing, uh, then why do we say he's Lord? When you say someone is your Lord, you've you got to obey him. Yeah, you don't have to say, well, but God, you know, that shouldn't be but God. And you shouldn't say no, Lord. If it's your Lord, why would you say no to him? It has to be yes, Lord. Obey them before you complain. 
And too many times people don't even want to obey. Yeah, if, 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 they, if the Spirit of God prompting you to, to wake up and pray, people want to sleep or to, to fast. They, they, want to, they don't want to do that. They don't, they don't have time to read the Word of God. They don't have time. And the Word of God is the manual telling you, oh, there's something outside there. And then take precaution. Protect yourself with, with the Word of God and prayer so that you did not, uh, the accident may not come near you or so that the attack may not come near you. Yeah, the Psalm 91 talked about pestilence in the night, destruction, the noonday, arrows flying. Yeah, there are powers doing that. There are principles and powers that are operating. And the devil is even doing uh, uh, big time, full time, recruiting and attacking. But children of God are sleeping off guard as if nothing is even happening. And some even they are denying what is happening. So uh, to get rid of uh, evil, we have to uh, submit our will to the will of God. Because God, know, if God knows the end right from the beginning. If God knows the end right from the beginning, we need to submit to him. And he who knows the error from the beginning, if he's he giving us instruction, we have to obey his instruction. Do what you say we should do. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Yes. So it depends on individual. So the reason yeah. there's suffering is again because of um, disobedience or sin, because of sin. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. All right. Anybody else? Um, I know you just got in, Simrod, but you have an opinion. What do you think? Why? 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 Why does God allow suffering? I mean, I feel like the process is quite, quite pertinent. I felt, uh, I felt like uh, it got me thinking about my own life, my own Christian life. But anyway, when, when um, other things, I think, I think, I think it's, um, I think it's uh, uh, part of the, uh, maybe my one might be a bit more looser, but I guess it's part of the journey. Sometimes he keeps his hand on us, but he allows us to, to see what's evil, to, well, I guess, deepen our faith with him, but to enhance our perspective. Because sometimes it's like, if, you know, you're told you're told about these things, but until you actually see them for yourself, it's like you don't have a context for your journey. Right. And and um, I look at my own journey um, and the stuff I've been through, and there's been times I've been feeling really awful. And I've and I've been like, oh, I've, I've messed up my life. Like, what have I done? I've made some terrible decisions. And I didn't initially start out with these intentions, but I found myself in this situation with these type of people in this situation, or my son's not here, or whatever. But then, had I not gone through that, you know, I wouldn't have had the growth to begin to try and have a better relationship with him now, or to be more self-aware, or to take more account for my behavior. Or to make a decision to try and improve. 
um, it's very easy to talk about good things and talk about being good, but I said being good in opposed to what, being good in context of what exactly. Sometimes you have to understand the boundaries to to know, right, if you see what there is out there, then there comes a point in life you have to draw a line and make a choice. And uh, but once once you draw a line and make a choice, then okay, you're not going to get it right every day. I definitely know I'm not making it right every day. I definitely haven't been in the world for a couple of weeks. I've been incredibly distracted, but I do try to make any chance I can to, you know, hear the word of God or hear some inspirational word. I, I definitely now and really now know after what I've seen in the world that well, if you're not trying to reach out to God, it's it's all a bit pointless and. I had to go out there and, and even just see a flicker. I don't think I've even seen the full depths of it because if I did, I probably would be involved, which I'm not, praise God. But I've seen a bit to be like, Do you know what, I need to be making sure I'm on the right side because, and it's something you have to diligently work at and it's something you have to consciously work at and look within yourself all the time and like Pastor said, check in on yourself every day, daily, because it's gradual. How you fall, it's, it's basically there's, there's black and white polarities and the middle space is grey. And it's just gets, if you, you're not checking yourself, it's darker shades of grey gradually until you find yourself near the black. But that takes a long time. It's, you know, incremental little changes in shade that you don't realise until you find yourself in a very dark space. Okay. Good. Well said. So you believe basically God sometimes allows suffering and evil to mature us up, to grow us up, to make us stronger. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Well, that's definitely, thank you. Um, Arlene, Nancy, anybody else here want to say anything? Still here. I'm still here. Okay. Anything about why does God allow evil, uh, evil or suffering? I don't know, Miriam. <laughs> Just gotta pray for changes. Right, but you can see that sometimes uh, suffering grows us up. Oh, oh, yeah, I know what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And God never, basically, he never offered suffering or evil because he gave man free will. You know? Mm-hmm. And when we see suffering and evil, we need to be clear, that's not God. God is a God of love. We just have to be more vigilant and aware of um you know tactics of the enemy mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. well Anne, i haven't heard from you Anne, would you like to say anything yeah they kind of messed up my window i don't know who's here but i'm yeah i'm gonna volunteer tomorrow morning so we're gonna close here i gotta wake up early and um, any final comments? Okay. Um, uh, Pastor Ben, can you close us out in prayer? 
Simrod, good to hear from you. Yeah, good to hear too. It was, it was a nice discussion. I look forward to having more discussions. My room is messed up. Hopefully Sunday to be better. I hope you can come back Sunday. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's for Monday morning, right? Huh? That'll be, that'll be Monday morning, Monday. Right, right, right. Mon- right, Monday your time, yeah. Yeah, right, got you. Nancy, good to have you. Nancy, you still here? Okay. Um, um, Pastor, can you close this out in prayer? Yes, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, most excellent Father, we adore you. We thank you for your grace, for your love, for your mercy. You are not the author of confusion. You are the almighty, all-powerful God. And you are in control, and you are in charge. Yeah, you, you, you gave the devil and the, the enemy uh, instruction not to touch the soul of Job. Our Father Glory, you are in charge. And that's why sometimes we declare that, yes, no violent man, no violent one will shed our blood. That our blood is precious in the sight of God. Well, thank yes. you for the opportunity given to us even this day. Because uh, you are the almighty God. We submit ourselves into your hand, even this night, that Father of Lord, even this morning, that you manifest your power in our lives. Every part that wants to retaliate, and because we have this conversation, I command such power be destroyed in the name of Jesus. Every power roaming around to attack us when we're sleeping, I command such power to be destroyed. Evil voices, even speaking into our ears, be silenced now in the name of Jesus Christ. I declare every fault that we did not even know about, just like in the case of Jabez, everything that we did not know about that we are going through now. Father of glory, I pray sometimes to give us the understanding so that we can know even the secret of our life, that we can know whom we are, we can know where we stand, we can know what you have in store for us, what you have created us for, so that we can fulfill the plan that you have for us, that we can fulfill our destiny. And Father of glory, I declare every destiny changer, you are destroyed now, every opposition in our way, you are destroyed now. Lord Jesus, have your way, manifest your power. We give all the praise, we give all the glory. Thank you, Jesus, for making us whom you want us to be, for holding our hands and taking us to where you want us to be, where no one can pull us down. To you be glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. 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 Good night. Good night, everybody. Thank you so much for praying with me. And we'll be back on Sunday night, okay? Okay. Okay, okay. Good night, everyone. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.